Welcome to Dr. Cheryl's Pod Couch, where we talk about all things parenting and mental health. Today, I am very excited to have on Dr. Sarah Beth Burke, who is the leading expert on hybrid professional identity and a hybrid professional herself. She was featured in Forbes and is a TEDx speaker. She's the author of More Than My Title. Her hybrid title is Creative Disruptor because she works at the intersection of being an artist, researcher, educator, and designer. It took an identity crisis for her to realize that she actually integrates these identities together. Through her groundbreaking research, Dr. Burke developed a one-of-a-kind approach that combines personal branding and career development. She helps professionals discover and articulate their hybrid professional identity and unique value in the workforce. Dr. Burke obtained her PhD from the University of Denver and has degrees from the School of the Art Institute of Chicago and the Rhode Island Design School of Design. Wow, that's a lot. <laughs> Welcome, Dr. Burke. Thank you so much. I'm so excited to talk to you today. I am too. I want to, um, I don't know how we came to be connected, but I know that we're connected on LinkedIn. And I have been following some of your work around this hybrid professional identity. And then I watched your TEDx talk, which I would highly recommend. You are so smooth, so good in that. And I want people to know this because I actually think that the parents that listen could really broaden their idea and vision and identity um, through the sharing of the concepts that you're bringing forth. So let's start with your backstory. Um, how did you get into the world of hybrid professional identity? Did you personally coin that term? Tell us all about it. Yes, it's a term that I've really become the leading expert on. I think there's a little floating out there, but nobody's really used it the way I am. And I think it's a tremendously powerful way to rethink about what we're doing in the workforce. So kind of as you hinted at in my bio, I went through a major professional identity crisis. And I actually think I've had more than one of them, but I never knew that was a thing or people could have a professional identity crisis. And what it feels like is when I was struggling with answering that question, what do you do? And we get that all the time. And at different points in my career, I've had different titles. I was an art educator. I helped run children's workshops in a nonprofit. I was in the classroom teaching. Then I ran innovation strategies. So I kept changing hats, but those jobs never fully represented me. I knew there was a lot of parts that I was minimizing or hiding to fit the role. And so eventually I was like, I need a role where I can really show up and use these different parts of myself, but where is that? And what do I call myself? And does that even exist? So I went back to grad school to kind of get that credential and feel like, you know, I need to build my reputation. And that's really when I had the most anxiety about, I don't know who I am. I am no longer these old identities. If people call me a teacher or call me a program director, that's not who I am anymore but I can't answer what are you trying to be next? And so those are questions of identity. It's not just what you do, it's who you are. And I've realized through my research that people get stuck that they are their job title, that if they get the label of VP of sales or head of marketing, they really self-identify with that. But if you lose that job or go through a career transition and that's no longer your title, people literally lose a sense of who they are. And that's what professional identity is. It's what you call yourself in your work, and it's not your job title. It's a noun. So I help people really discover these deeper words that are their truth. For me, it's being a creative disruptor. I can tell a whole story of how I got there. 
For other people, I, I've helped them see their attention methodologist or a workologist or a creative sustainableist. Like there's a lot of strange language, but it comes from us really unpacking who am I in my work? How do I see myself? And when you find that truth, then you can share it with others and they see you the way you want to be seen. So this idea of hybridity, to come back to that part, comes from the notion that most of the time when I interviewed people and said, who are you? If you didn't have this job title, what would you say? People are like, I'm a jack of all trades. I wear a lot of hats. And that is just such a common phrase because we are so many things. But then the issue is, if you are multiple professional identities, who are you really? And my research question that still drives me is, what happens at the intersections of identities? And that's where hybridity comes in. It's a space of integration between things that are not connected. And that's your secret sauce. So I know that was a little long, but that's how I got here. Well, I love that you are um, talking about it in such great detail because I really relate to what you're saying. There are times where, you know, yes, I can say I'm a psychologist. So that keeps things easy, right? <laughs> um, but I know that I am more than that. However, my hesitation, and I'm sure you've heard this before, is I don't want to sound like I do too many things because mm -hmm. then I'm wearing too many hats and maybe I'm scattered or disorganized or unclear about who I am. So what do you say to someone like me that I literally am looking up, I have this thing, I have them, I made bubbles and they're <laughs> all the things that I do. And it's six, seven, eight, nine, ten. There's 12 things on there. Oh, that's great. And that doesn't include like mom, friend, like these are professional, 12 professional bubbles. Mm -hmm. And so what do you say to someone like me who I don't want to come across as too scattered or, you know, like unorganized? Oh, totally. And, and this is the predicament. This is exactly the kind of person that I work with. So essentially, let me step back a little bit. First, I help people understand what type of professional identity do you have? And there are really three types, but we've only been focused on two in the workforce. The three types I've identified are singularity, multiplicity and hybridity. So singularity is when you have one professional identity. You're like, I am a scientist. And usually we call those people experts and specialists. Then multiplicity is when people have many professional identities. Maybe it's over time or even just in one role. And you're like, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this, I'm this. But with multiplicity, you're one thing at a time. It's like you put on this hat, take it off. You put on that one, take it off. The two hats never touch. And those people are generalists, they're freelancers, they're multi-hyphenate, they're multi-talented. There's a lot of words for that group of multiplicity. The last group, though, is people that are somehow combining and merging and like simultaneously using identities. They're like, I'm a yoga instructor and I'm an entrepreneur and I'm a mindfulness coach. And somehow those identities are blending into something bigger and they don't even know how to express it. So first of all, I work with people to understand what are you, the singularity, multiplicity, hybridity. Then if they're like, I don't know, maybe I'm multiplicity, maybe I'm hybridity. And this is sort of a developmental thing. In my book, I talk about going from emerging hybrid professional identity to established. And emerging is when you have that sense of maybe I am, like sometimes I am, but I don't know how to talk about it. And so we look at what, what you're doing in your work and we find examples of, do you ever feel like you're creating new processes or breaking rules or combining silos or translating between different disciplines? Those are examples where you might be hybridizing and combining material ideas, talents, identities. So when we can find those moments in your work, then we can say, what's happening? 
what's really interesting is these amazing words people start saying about who they are in those moments, which is when this other identity emerges. And so the notion of being too many things, going back to your question, is really real. And the biggest thing I want people to take away from this is, first of all, identifying what are all your different professional identities, starting with the brainstorm like you just did. Then I say you have to narrow down to your primary ones. Out of the 10 or 20 different professional identities you have, there are some that hit this criteria of primary. You use them with high frequency. They are your greatest areas of expertise. You want to be known for them. You would feel like you're missing out if you don't get to use these identities regularly. They're like need to haves, not nice to haves. So then you can start processing and saying, okay, of the 10 identities, only two or three really hit that criteria. And that's when we can start saying, when you do an introduction, focus on those primary ones. In my instance, I say, I'm, I am an artist, an educator, researcher, and designer. I'm very clear that those are my four primary and four is your limit. That helps me make sense of myself. There's a whole introduction process that I give people in an elevator pitch to say, if you are these primary identities, then why? Talk about the connection or how you bring them into the world. So we could talk about the elevator pitch later. But that's what I would recommend to you is look at your list and use that technique to narrow them to your top ones. So it's so interesting as I'm sitting here listening to you, I'm like, actually, I think I'm singular. Ooh. <laughs> it's so weird. I'm like, wait, because there isn't anything that I do that is outside a lane of mental health. I use media. I use a podcast. I use a book. I use a private practice. I use speaking engagements, but it's all centered around mental health. So in that sense, am I right that maybe I'm just my, I'm an expert in mental health. I'm a mental health maven and that's it. And then I just use these different platforms to spread the word message. I love that. So the beautiful thing about identity is you are who you think you are. But if you don't have that awareness and language, then you will never make sense to yourself or to others. So if you think you're in singularity, that's great. That's knowledge and that's power. And now you can use and apply that the way that it works for you. Yeah. Oh, this is this is very interesting. I do have an I have a question for um, particularly the moms that may be listening. So it could be an at home parent or an, a stay at home mom who feel I, I know that generally those kinds of parents feel like they wear, they have multiple, multiple roles. Would you go through the same process with them so that they could have like that whole, like we are who we believe we are. We are who we think we are. I always want to empower them because we, we mm-hmm. say the right things, right? Like your work is the most important work you could ever do. This is unpaid labor. You should be getting paid, you know, $165,000 a year for what you do. Those are nice and they're all words but they don't really translate but i always think i would love for the stay-at-home parent to really have that empowered speech so do you ever have you ever worked with anyone in that position or what advice would you have yes i've worked with moms who uh, all over the rainbow right some were network marketers who are doing sort of a side thing while being a stay-at-home mom and they're like i can't just use the title mom and i can't just call myself a, a network marketer How do I describe myself? And I do this work with how do you see yourself? Let's lay out a landscape of all the identities you have under the title of mom. And within that, they go, okay, I'm a household manager. I'm a life organizer. I'm the CEO of Sanity for my family. Like there's a lot of language that people don't realize they can use. That's 
probably my favorite part of this process is the creativity of expression. Like it's almost poetic, like creative writing. And in my workbook, I have a list of professional identity words. It's actually, it's a free handout on my website as well, because I want to help jumpstart people's own brainstorm about themselves and open up new possibilities. So again, for a mom, you could be like, wow, I didn't realize I'm again, the life manager in this and this. So now what does that make me realize about myself? When we start to lay out the landscape, new themes and patterns can bubble up. I call them your goldmine words. I've met moms who are entrepreneurs and they're like, my mom identity is critical to the work I'm doing because I'm doing a mommy yoga thing or, you know, some kind of healthcare for mom. You're in the space, the health, mental health and wellness with mothers. And so that right there is an intersection. That's where I would question if you draw a Venn diagram, which is ultimately what I do with any kind of hybrid identity, take those primary professional identities, put them in each circle of a Venn diagram, and then explore that intersection to see what the bigger idea of you is. It's a really powerful and super surprising way to understand the identity we haven't been naming. So I would encourage any mom to do that. I love that. You're really eloquent in in bringing this all to life. You talk about that hybrid identity plays an important role in the workforce. And you talk about that it shifts work culture, hiring practices, other processes. So can you talk more about that? Yeah. Well, we stigmatize people. We stereotype all the time. Like the minute you say I'm head of marketing or director of sales, boom, I've got an idea of who you are. And the issue is, first of all, thousands of people have the exact same title. And this is how businesses operate. They have to have hierarchies. They have to have titles to create talent structure. But what we're doing is minimizing, hiding who the people are that do the work. And so when you start to unpack and sit down with your team and say, hey, John and Sue and Sally, like, I know your job titles, but how do you see yourself in this role? And even start to use the language of, are you in singularity? Are you in multiplicity? Are you in hybridity? Now that's kind of advanced to just jump into. But what you start to learn is, like we just did on this call today, you see yourself in singularity more. Well, that's important for me to understand. You want to stay in that lane. If I start adding too many roles and things to your list, you're going to feel like I'm in multiplicity and that's not comfortable or that's not who I want to be. So we're assigning the wrong workloads or tasks to the wrong people because we're mismatching identities. So someone in hybridity likes to work between teams, is really good at scouting like interdepartmental and silo breaking kind of work. Someone who's a jack of all trades is great at taking on different projects and doing them discreetly and separately. And then someone in singularity wants to stay in that expert head and, and just go deep there. But we don't know that because we don't know each other's professional identity, language and sense of them. So for me, it's all about work performance, efficiency and belonging. When you understand who someone is, they feel valued, they feel seen, and it just makes everyone feel good in the workplace. Okay, now I feel like, oh, wait a second, I'm all those things. <laughs> now I don't know what I am. I'm back to confused. Because when you say that, I'm like, okay, so if I were working in a company, I would love to work with multiple teams. And I think I would have a lot to add to multiple teams. I, I did this, I was um, like helping establish a startup company during the pandemic. And I had never worked with engineers before. And it was fun for me because... We think so differently and it was really, it was just really super fun. And I was like, I love doing stuff like that. So yeah, personally, if anyone's listening and they don't know what they are, neither do I. <laughs> oh, wait, but that's, 
such a good thing to know because identity is super complex and you can move back and forth. So even if I think I'm hybrid professional identity as like my, my favorite way of operating, I can move back to multiplicity or back to singularity. It's not permanent, but it's being able to talk about myself and know my sort of my favorite zone or how I operate best with my identity. That's the power here. Yeah, that's really what I just got the most from what you said. That was a really great example of saying like, okay, so if you're, I would love for teams to even talk that way. Hey, you know, you have these, it's flexible on this project. We have these multiple options of what your identity, what your role could be within it. What feels most comfortable to you? Oh, I'm, you know, I'm the engineer. I want to only focus on writing code. I don't want to do anything else. Great. You know, oh, I'm the psychologist and I want to be working with all of you, you know, and I love that idea of like, you know, when possible to, to invite people to be flexible about their identity and that it's not fixed and that it's flexible. Um, I, that's just not languaging that I hear that much. And you're right where, where that's why your title of your book is more than my title, right? Because we have so much more, I think that we can offer, but if, it, if the culture is not there, right. Um, that would be really hard to bring up. And We're, again, the fear, like I started the hour off, right? Like the fear of sounding like I maybe am scattered and disorganized. So I, then I'm just going to be quiet. Yeah. N- none of us have been trained how to talk about our professional identity. Like when I open up keynote speak talks, I say, what, how do you answer? What do you do? What's your job title? Now, what's your professional identity? And people cock their head and go, what is she talking about? Is that a different question? Because it's unfamiliar. But I, we're in an identity economy. Esther Perel is talking about this in her podcasts and in different things. We need to show up and talk about who we are in our work. And it's bigger than just all the things we can do and all the Myers-Briggs and strengths finders. Those are skills. Those are talents. But identity is about every action you take that represents who you are. It's behaviors. It's personality. It's the bigger picture of you. Okay, I need you to to define and bring to light identity economy. I'd say it's still a little fuzzy, but it's this notion that we need to represent and appreciate people for who they are. And traditionally, employers, the workforce have really just looked at a skills-based, credentials-based, we're hiring people because they fit X role and X need, but we're forgetting the identity part of, if we don't appreciate their sense of themselves, how they show up, then we're mitigating, we're, we're dissecting people into parts, essentially. Mm-hmm. And I can't help but go back again and think about now this time, not necessarily like a stay-at-home parent or stay-at-home mom, but the mom who maybe is going back to work after a break and how all of her experiences can really be brought to the benefit of the company. But for the most part, women in those positions are very hesitant to even maybe mention that they even have a child at home, right? <laughs> Depending on where they work. So is is that a place where you could imagine even in terms of like your identity, bringing in some of your personal experiences and your personal roles? Yeah, there, it, there's no like hard and fast rules here. There's just a lot of recommendations. I think there's a time and place where you need to bring in the social and personal identities I try and focus with people just on the professional side of their life because there's a lot of complexity right there. And when they start opening up too many identities too quickly, then you get really conflated. It's overwhelming. You're like, well, why are you telling me you're a gardener and a triathlete and a mom and a bit like, what are you doing here? So mm-hmm. when I'm focusing people, it's helping them sort of build the narrative, build their career story. 
And I think moms re-entering the workforce is a really interesting one because there's already so many traps and, and issues of just, you know, trying to be seen for their talents and re-emerge in the workforce. I, I'd say my bottom line here is career ladders are dead. It, it's not about one path anymore. Linearity is not the way the workforce works. But you knowing who you are and how you see yourself, even if you're coming back after a break or whatever took you out of the workforce, you need to get in touch with what your career story and identity is so that you can talk about yourself with authority, with confidence, with conviction. When you can make yourself make sense to others, that is the game changer. However many parts you're bringing back, you have to make the connection so that people understand your value. That is truly what this work is about. Yeah. So what I just got from that is like, first, you need to understand your own value and your own complexities. And so that enables you to then communicate that to others in a clear way. You nailed it. Yes. Okay. I'm, I'm getting it. I'm getting it. I'm <laughs> learning. So I'm curious, you, you talk about work, obviously work identity and, and a lot about the workplace. And I'm curious what you feel like the future is. You just alluded to it. You talked about career ladders are dead. Um, Things are not, you know, linear anymore. So if they're not that, then can you share more about what you see? I mean, I think this is something everybody wants to know, the the future of of the workforce, especially post-pandemic. Yeah, I I love how we came through a series of terms like the Great Resignation and the Great Reset. I see this period and now I'm moving forward as part of the Great Reinvention. Careers are spanning 40 and 50 years, which is completely unheard of. Like we're in a whole new generational space of what a career means. You go in and out of the workforce. That's normal. You go get more training and then you go get a different career. People are pivoting. There's so much creativity that you can have multiple careers in a lifetime. And I think the permission to do that is important. But the bigger permission is that you can change who you are however many times you want throughout your career. And that's scary for people because they get locked in and they're building all this success and experience and the title. But at the end of the day, any job is is fleeting. Like you have to be able to say, I know who I am in my work. And in my example, being a creative disruptor, regardless of what industry I'm in or regardless of what title an employer gives me, because I've gone in and out of the workforce for other people, I present myself as this creative disruptor because that's how I've learned this is my truth. And I want to apply that whether I'm working in education or working with a startup or over here with a marketing group. That's that's how I'm programmed and it's what I want to be in roles. And then the task and the skills can always be changing, but the identity is the part that you get to control because it's it's you, it's your life. So informing for the future of work that things are going to only become more hybrid. We already have hybrid workplaces which is remote in person. We have hybrid work, which is actually combinations of two different teams or two different roles being blended. But then we have the hybrid workers, which are people with this hybrid professional identity. They used to be in marketing for 10 years. Now they got a degree in television. Now they're jumping and they're going to be a speaker. Like that is normal. And understanding intersectionality and hybridity, I mean, obviously it's what I care about, but I think that's only going to get bigger. So it's turning the power back to the individual that they know themselves so they can navigate whatever a quote unquote career is. This is probably my last question. Maybe it maybe like kind of a challenge question. <laughs> <laughs> it's 
So I think about, you know, the older teens, the high school seniors that I'm working with, lots and lots of them, I probably all of them say to me, I don't know what I want to be. And, you know, I, I really try to encourage like, well, that's what you go to college for. Even though I know in my heart of hearts, that's not the message they get anywhere else. But I try to give off a feeling of that's the beauty of being able to go to a university or college if that's what you choose to do or you choose to travel for the year. It will develop and it will come for you, right? So that's from my lens. But in her, in terms of like, what advice would you have for parents yeah. who have these children who are maybe older in high school or younger in college? And you're saying, you know, the future is hybrid and the future, you know, is uh, it's no longer linear and all those things. So how do you prepare a young person for the world, especially as maybe a parent who didn't grow up with that mentality at all? Oh, totally. Great question. I'm loving this one. First of all, I think the identity of a student is a problem because you get locked into that identity until you're 18, 24, kind of whenever you graduate and then you lose that identity. You're like, oh my God, I don't know who I am now. So when I work with mostly college students, um, but I think this would apply to younger years too, talking about pre-professional identity, those identities that they're starting to sense in themselves or they're gravitating towards and saying, hey, you're really interested in Legos and building blocks. Like, what would you call yourself when you do that? Are you a builder? Are you a creator? Are you an engineer? Like playing with early identities that they're sensing in themselves and the language they would use, turn it into that noun. But beyond that, what I really want to call out is so many college programs now are interdisciplinary majors or they're dual degrees or it's a design your own program. I've worked a lot with MIT and Carnegie Mellon and UPenn, and they have programs that are like, I tried to remember, an integrated design management program. They're already defying categorization and typical disciplines because they're like, we see there's a need to bring in the design majors with the engineering, with the business school thinking all in one degree. So the hybridity is already coming into education. I just think people need to see that. I just learned, you know, so much there. So it, it sounds like what you're saying is that higher education sees the need for this as well. Um, that some schools, probably not all, but some are providing, um, you know, the schools you listed are very elite schools but um, that schools are providing that more. And maybe what's empowering for for your young adult child is to say, yeah, I don't want to necessarily be locked into one thing. I want to find an opportunity to express both sides of me or the multiple sides of me. And that that's actually out there and legitimate and really useful and practical. Yeah. When you start to wake up to this idea of combining and hybridity, you start to see it everywhere. Just one quick example. There is now a, a role called a biogeochemical engineer. So those people are biologists, chemical engineers, um, and, and geology all together. And that just blows my mind that, like, who would have thought you can be deep in three areas and that's a whole new area that's emerged? I think that's the future, right? The future is evolution and emerging into new things. And so being open to that as a parent is a wonderful thing. Um, I'm so excited we ended on this note because I know I really learned a ton through our conversation and this, um, what we just ended here on, it really excites me and also makes me just think, gosh, I want to make sure that I work with a lot of high school kids, that these high school kids know to look for these things. We're not just looking at the school and the great dorms and the campus and 
maybe some reputation in the football team, but we're really also considering what are, what are these opportunities um, to merge all of your interests and your talents. I really love that. appreciate that. Dr. Sarah Beth Burke, your book is more than my title. Um, I have really enjoyed it. I read it on Kindle. It's available wherever books are sold. And can you say what your website is? Of course, it's morethanmytitle.com. And there's a lot of free resources there too. Oh, wonderful. So morethanmytitle.com, free resources. Um, if you enjoyed today's episode, please rate, review, and subscribe. Thank you so much. Thank you.